0: you <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Daily Fitness Education. Today, we are gonna talk about neuromuscular education. What does that mean? How do we apply it? Uh, Basically, the world of why people have poor lifting technique, and it's not because of postural imbalance. Oftentimes, it can be. There can be some postural imbalance, but most of it is just cueing and understanding uh, how to achieve uh, those 10,000 reps and how to be doing the stable movements that's required for uh, daily living and long-term function. Nonetheless, we're gonna cue up that theme song. We'll dive into it right after this. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kyle Roche and this is the Daily Fitness Education, the podcast designed to highlight how anyone can become successful in any endeavor at all in life. Learning every day. I'll discuss something that I've learned in the past, something I may have learned that day, or something that I'm about to learn. Through books, mentors, courses, formal education, colleagues, and practical steps with clients, you can listen along through the lens of a personal trainer and the healthy enthusiasts around me and learn from my trials and tribulations as to how to achieve the intangible habits to pursue your own future in fitness. Alrighty, Endgame Addicts, welcome back. We are going to rip into neuromuscular education which means we get to learn about our shapes many people make the mistake early on in training and I say many people as an I did uh, thinking that everyone needed to be stretched or if they couldn't obtain the shape it was because of tight tissue or weak tissue or something to do with the overall structure of the muscle or the innervation of the muscle Um, and Most times people just have a really poor relationship with movement in that, um, for example, if you were to go over to a mirror and go to bend over and grab something from the ground, look over at the mirror when you're bent over and does your back have rounding? Or does it look like a spine while you're standing straight up? Does it have that natural lordotic curve or does it have that natural S bend to, uh, to it still? If it looks like a bridge, you're probably lacking some neuromuscular education, at least in terms of what is ideal for safe and effective deadlift or hinging patterns. I think that the deadlift is a remarkable exercise. I also think that it should be massively respected. Um, And we need to spend more time trying to figure out, is this a movement that we wanna be putting our clients through? Not every client needs to be deadlifting, especially if they have poor hinge mechanics. That being said, in terms of everyday life, we do hinging not typically the way a deadlift is done. We typically do it with one leg. We work on running up uh, musculature up the one side of our posterior chain. Anyways, I digress. Uh, The, the worst part about this podcast today, folks, I'm just going to be totally candid with you, is that I already recorded it once. And the first one, I'm trying to like mirror the way I spoke, but I just totally can't. I, I went and had a fascial stretch. I'm a fascial stretch therapist, and I, and I traded one of the teachers of fascial stretch therapy. And I just spent the last hour thinking that I had this podcast already recorded, um, but I spent the last hour stretching someone. And let me tell you, if you are tired already, when you go into a stretching session and you listen to a bunch of chilled out music where you're like in la-la land and you come out and you're zonked. And I am absolutely destroyed right now. And I wish I, wish I had the same cadence and excitedness about this neuromuscular education. Um, but truthfully, most people's imbalances are not true imbalances. They're to do with, Uh, I had to back up for someone. There we go. Driving. Um, They're to do with your relationship with movement. Um, How you squat is not so much that you have mechanical limitations. Oftentimes we look at clients and they're like, oh, their ankles collapse and their knees are caving in. Uh, And we're like, well, that must be a muscle imbalance. They must have like really tight and facilitated lateral nets if we're going into, you know, corrective exercise. Um, Or they just have really, really poor neuromuscular education. They don't know how to squat effectively. And this is honestly the little coaching and, and cueing and prodding that I go through when I walk uh, walk into a gym and, and help other people um, learn about their squat technique. I have, a, there's a girl who works at the club I work for. She's wonderful, she's conditioning all the time. Um, you don't have to condition to be wonderful. She's just got like a really fighting uh, energy spirit. She's always working hard. She's always challenging herself. And I love seeing that. I love seeing people uh, grinding away and working at their goals and working at their life um, in an aggressive way. She's a pretty pleasant person. But I always saw her little tips and tricks of how to improve her mechanics and she's using them like in a remarkable way. And... um, You know, she's getting results. She's getting outcomes because she's just using the tips and tricks over time. Um, She was doing a one-arm row with uh, her back rounded. And if you have a rounded back while you're rowing, you limit um, mechanical innervation. You limit the capacity for you to get awesome contractions through your tissue. So she uh, did everything I said. And uh, just through repositioning, I didn't have to do any corrective exercise. I didn't have to do any... um, anything but just give her different technique cues. And this is honestly uh, that 10,000 reps. We talk about 10,000 hours to master any skill. Well, in the fitness world, uh, high level trainers that I've talked to before um, will say the 10,000 reps. So if you do the math over time, let's say you did three sets of 10, because that's what the world of fitness talks about, three sets of 10, Um, for squats, you did that twice a week, you would now have 60 per week. And over the course of a 50, let's say it's 52 weeks, but over a 50-week year, you're at about 3,000, right? Um, 3,000 squats each year. It's going to take you uh, over three years in order for you to hit your, especially if you're squatting twice a week. And that's a lot, like that, that is a lot of squats. Um, it's going to take you over three and a half years uh, or so to master your squat pattern. Assuming you have appropriate neuromuscular education and that's just your relationship with how to squat. This is where you, before you dive into the world of exercise and just give her, like I'm all about it, except there's a million different resources and a million different ways in which you can, um, let's say thousands of different ways in which you can learn appropriate neuromuscular education for a fraction of what it would cost you to uh, lose years off your life because you're not conditioning appropriately. Think about this, like. Exercise is typically going to keep you alive for years and years longer than what it typically would if you didn't exercise. This is just science, stats. We know that we're movement-based creatures. We need to move. Have you, let's say you've worked on your skills and you've improved your capacity over time. This is not not a linear thing, but very often people end up making more money over the course of their lives. Why? Because they develop seniority in their companies, they develop more skills, they go along these 10,000 hours to levels of mastery. So typically you make more money. Now, would you rather pay $10,000 now to get another 10 years on your life? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a very that's a very linear thing, especially if you're making 100 grand a year, that's an extra million dollars in 10 years. You're saying that $10,000 to invest in the education of hiring a movement coach or a personal trainer or whatever it is, is not worth it? Well, my friends, you are not playing the long game. You are not looking at the end game of your life. Uh, truthfully, the end game fitness represents how to live in a way where you have awesome outcomes over time, and I believe that the first uh, the first education that you should get outside of your formal education should be a health education. It should be, okay, now I've learned how to create value in the world. I have um, an undergraduate degree in something or I've mastered uh, an apprenticeship or a skill in something. And then you gotta hustle and, and bust your ass to get into opportunities to be impressive enough to help others. And then after that, your education should not be, or your funding should not be shelter. If you live in a first world country, shelter is like minimum, like easy, like simple human need. Um, My lifestyle is going to improve before my household does. I've talked about this in the past. Um, What you should be focusing on is don't look at buying a better house. Look at buying better food. Look at buying better water. We know that the water, we know that the the oxygen and, and everything outside is far more toxic than what it used to be invest in your health first so they can take care of you later the compounding effects of maybe spending an extra 10 grand a year is going to be a hundred grand or more guaranteed not guaranteed but you'll be making a lot more money by the end of your life than you will at the beginning if you do this thing right anyways all of that is speculative suggestive and it's it's so far into the future that entropy just takes over so all I'm suggesting is that you should be looking to invest in your health. I've said it before, uh, a good mentor of mine said, where you spend your money is where your heart lies also. Um, and my heart lies in health and in business. I invest a ton into my business, a ton into my health, and a ton in my education. Um, the education has kind of gone on the back burner a bit so I can invest more in my business this year. That being said, I would highly, highly recommend you invest in improving your skills in life to add more value to the planet. Fulfillment is better. You feel more fulfilled as an individual Um, and taking care of your health. is just you serving not only yourself, but your family and all the people around you better. And this stems to learning the neuromuscular education required to practice good, healthy shapes. So at the very least, you don't have to buy six months of training, but I would highly recommend that foundations phase where personal trainers don't teach you about how to build muscle and strength, they teach you about how to move appropriately, that's when you're learning the shapes, that's when you're learning the reps, you're learning the techniques, the uh, backbone of how I train people, how I improve people's posture, function, stature, uh, mechanics. That's what I focus on. I'm not talking about how much muscle can you gain in the first two months, I'm talking about how well do you move under demand, under load. Right, for higher rep ranges, for safer rep ranges. And then only once you've mastered those shapes, after about two months, am I even progressing you consistently if you're consistent enough. If, if not, I've kept people in foundations for over a year because they didn't master their shapes, because they didn't practice them, because they just really had a very, very rough go in their neuromuscular education. Um, and there was some postural imbalances there too, but I could cue a person into a good shape and then they would lose it by the next time I see them. That's how I know it's neuromuscular education. Um, so takeaways, more or less, is um, how do you condition your body to uh, improve it over the course of time? And I think um, a really good way to map out whether or not you have a decent neuromuscular education is trying to do a push-up. See where your body moves to when you do your push-up. Um, or where your hands move to. If they're in line with your nipples or below, um, not much, but you're probably in the right shape. Um, Most people think, which doesn't make any sense in terms of uh, pec major biomechanics, that our hands, if they're wider, it's gonna target our chest better. Um, That's not true, actually, at all, um, because our chest fires better in adduction. Um, Anyways, having your hands, if you put them, if you're laying on your stomach, and you have your hands directly above your head, straight arms. If you pull your, if you go from this position where you're on your tummy, um, and your hands are directly straight above your head, and you pull them down as fast as you can to do a push-up, notice where you naturally want to do a push-up under this this speed demand um, of doing it powerfully and quickly and explosively, and then notice where your hands go um, when you just try and set yourself up for a push-up. The difference here is when your hands are in line with your, with your chest or your xiphoid process or your solar plexus or whatever you want to call it, your, your nipples, let's say, right in that line up there. When you, the middle of your palm is in line with around there and your, your elbows function at 90 degrees, you get more explosive power and you push up more effectively for your chest and your triceps and your, and your arms and your shoulders, everything. So, but most people, when doing their push-ups, do push-ups super wide. They have their hands all outward Why? Because most people use their shoulders a ton and they don't use their chest very much for anything. So when they go and do a push up, their pre existing neuromuscular education is I want to use my shoulders for the push up. And I'm saying don't, because you're not going to develop your chest and you're only going to further uh, facilitate or make your shoulder tension, uh, neck pain, front of the shoulder tension, potential imbo- uh, imbalances for later, and shoulder problems worse. Um, Either way, this is not to scare you. This is just to encourage you to uh, seek out further help. Now, um, I'm not saying I almost ran into someone because they drove out in the middle in front of me and they should have. So uh, I'm alive, we're alive, we are learning. So (laughs) uh, I'm I'm saying do your research. Go into the gym, don't let it discourage you. Try other things, but as you try something, try it once, see how it goes, then learn about it. The best way to learn is to chip at it over time. Um, so when you see an exercise in the gym, if you did one, if you did one lesson a week, you'd have fifty new opportunities each month or each year. Um, that's, you know, tons and tons and tons over a lifetime. Just watch a YouTube video a week. That's all you gotta do. I know it's it sounds tedious, but you can teach yourself everything you'd ever need to know with free content. Um, that being said, it's not gonna be compiled very well, so you're gonna be di- uh, d- digging pretty deep. Um, I've built that. Uh, in the end game training system to detail out all of these movement mechanics, all of these shapes, everything I discussed, neuromuscular education, my muscle connection, 9010, all that stuff is inside the end game training system. So if you want it in a compiled way where you can skip the shortcuts and have me for a fraction of the price, check out the end game training system. Uh, it's coming out. Man, it's, it's supposed to have been coming out a long time ago. its <laughs> I'm just waiting on uh, a couple important things before it can all launch uh, effectively and appropriately. So we can manage the intake of people. There's a lot of people waiting for it. Um, But uh, that's it for today, folks. Really try and think about how you move. Not just that you move. Um, It's important that you move. And all motion is lotion. Uh, Movement is improvement type thing. But we don't want to just necessarily move mindlessly and not put intention into what we're doing and think about the biomechanics because uh, that's, that's what my job is. My job is to nerd out about how you move And detail it out in a specific way where it creates a remarkable outcome for your body aesthetically and then allow you to do that for a very long time because the difference between my channel and what I'm trying to spread right now is how to move for a lifetime how to move for longevity not how to train in sport which is a very very mixed up understanding of how people train for fitness and conditioning Um, training for sport has a ton, a ton of opportunities. Training for longevity is very, is very rabbit holed, is very um, nuanced and very detailed. If you want to look for movement mechanics that are going to serve you forever, uh, or at least for as long as you live. Either way, folks, I think you're awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in here. I love you guys very much. All feedback is, uh, is the breakfast of champions. So let me know what you want to see here. I'd love the feedback. Just shoot me an email at kyle at the or kyle at the Endgamefitness.com. Uh, Find me on any of the platforms. Uh, the end game fitness and let me know what you want me to talk about what you want me to teach you about because there's a lot of good content and information that i have in my brain that i can't remember when i sit down and do these podcasts for you on the way home uh have yourself a wonderful day i will talk to y'all in 24 hours peace